Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Last First Date Radio, featuring interviews with experts in dating, relating, and mating in midlife. And now, here's your host, Sandy Weiner. Hello, everybody. This is episode number 366, Dr. Andrew Gardella on how labels can hold you back from love. Hi, everybody. This is Sandy Weiner, and welcome to Last First Date Radio, where we believe it is never too late to have the love you want and that a woman of value naturally attracts the respect and rewards she deserves in life and love. So what is a woman of value? Well, this is a term that I coined a number of years ago because the common thread that I saw in my work as a dating coach was that most of the women who came to me were not valuing themselves enough. And so a woman of value is a woman who shows up, stands up, and speaks up in a more empowered way, in a way that connects, in a way that shows her value, but also helps bring out the value in others. Every week I bring you a tip on how to be a woman of value, and this week's tip is be a lifetime learner. Being a lifetime learner just means that you're growing all the time, and if we're stagnant, um, we might as well be dead, in my opinion. I think that it's just so important to always be looking to grow and learn. So my challenge for you today is to find one thing that you have wanted to know or learn and go and do it. Take a class, read something, listen to a podcast besides mine, and really start to get to get some more knowledge into that brain because we have such an incredible capacity to grow as human beings. And now for our guest, Dr. Andrew Gardella. He is a chiropractor who has worked as an access consciousness facilitator since 2012. He graduated from college with honors and undergrad degrees in biology, psychology, and cognitive science. He then went on to receive a doctorate of chiropractic from Palmer College of Chiropractic. He has been traveling the world speaking and teaching access consciousness, right voice for you, three-day body and energetic synthesis of structural embodiment classes to help people be the version of themselves that they want to be. Welcome to the show, Andrew. Great to be here, Sandy. So what brought you to, like, connect the dots first. You went from biology to psychology to cognitive science, then you got a doctorate in chiropractic, and now here you are at Access Consciousness. So for anybody, first of all, who doesn't know what Access Consciousness is, if you can explain that, and what brought you there? So um, Access Consciousness is a set of tools, philosophies, um, you know, techniques that is designed to change anything in your life that isn't working for you. Um, And, you know, there's a lot of what is consciousness or people think, well, if you're awake, then you're conscious. So that's not what we're talking about when we're saying access consciousness. Um, Consciousness means that it includes everything and judges nothing. So accessing consciousness means that you're, you're accessing all of you and accessing the consciousness that is, you know, in the universe that includes everything and judges nothing. Um, so it's really about having more of yourself and more of what you would like to, more of whatever else you would like to have in your life. Mm-hmm. Um, cool. And so my, my personal story, I guess, is uh, in, in undergrad, I was always interested in 
um, what I really wanted to do was neurology. I was always interested in the brain and like the actual, like how the biology translated into the, like what was going on in our external world. Um, but they didn't really have that. So I ended up with three majors because I was interested in all these different areas. Um, but what really fascinated me was the, the, the unique things, you know, there would be someone that, that would have a stroke and all of a sudden they couldn't see anymore, but they had this vibrational sense of the world around them. So like, you would say they're blind because they, their eyes aren't working, but they would still be able to sense the world around them just fine. Or, or other, you know, like um, autistic children with their amazing ability to recall something, you know. That, um, so that was the kind of stuff I was interested in undergrad. And I didn't really know what I wanted to do afterwards, but um, I had wrestled. Uh, I was a, a wrestler from, you know, maybe third grade all the way through high, uh, college. So I was competing. I was an athlete. And so I had started take, going to a chiropractor, um, you, you know, very, like eighth grade or something. So I, I was seeing him and I was talking. He's like, well, what are you going to want to do when you graduate? And I was like, I don't really know. And he's like, well, you should check out chiropractic school. And I was like, oh, OK. So I went and checked it out. And I was like, yeah, this looks good. I mean, they work for themselves. They're really independent. And and they it was, you know, body based. And I was so used to being with my body and and getting it to change and working out and stuff, I thought that would be a good fit. So that's how I ended up in chiropractic school. And then what really led me to active consciousness was um, I was looking for other things I could add when I was in chiropractic school because part of what I was getting frustrated with was a lot of the school isn't on the cutting edge of what's going on, and it's usually, you know, lagging behind. These are the things we – like yeah, the curriculum isn't isn't something based on the latest science or the latest things. It's it's always you know ten years, twenty years, however many years based on the tradition of the things, which might work. But for me, I was always looking at what else, what else, what else. And so, I started taking all these classes um, on the weekends and stuff of all these different seminars and things. And and uh, and one in my my expeditions, I stumbled upon access, and I was like, oh my gosh, this was it was just amazing. Um, to me and and I just knew it was it was a fit for me so I started taking those classes more and more while I was going through chiropractic school um so you know people always ask well what was it like to to like use like to go from chiropractic to access consciousness and to me it was never like I was basically taking access consciousness classes at the same time and like working towards becoming a facilitator as I was working towards becoming a uh, a doctor of chiropractic Okay, sounds interesting. So, kind of, there were breadcrumbs all along that were leading you to certain aspects of what you were doing, but then there were other things that were missing that access consciousness seems to have provided for you. Yeah, it was really what I, what like uh, Gary Douglas, the founder of Access, talks about is that access consciousness is the the verbalization of everything that you've always known was true. So, and I found that. To, to be true for me is, you know, there might be things that we know or that we just have a knowing about things. Um, but we, you know, an intuition or a gut feeling, but we don't ever really get to acknowledge that in our daily lives or it's not something that talk about or, or anything. And what I found with access was it really helped me to, to develop that and acknowledge it for myself. And really um, the tagline of access consciousness is empowering people to know that they know. So 
and and that's what I found what it was for me. It was really empowering me to to know that I knew stuff and, and knew and and that I, it wasn't it was always about that, which was interesting coming from you know chiropractic school and and just undergraduate where it's not necessarily about what you know, it's about what the professor knows or 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 what the curriculum knows or you know and where you are this lesson rather than, you know, empowering you to actually see how you see the world because each of us see the world in a unique way. Um, and that all, that uniqueness oftentimes isn't fostered and, and nurtured. Yes, very true. And it's the tenet on, on which life coaching is based as well. The, the course mm-hmm. that I program that I took was, is a coactive method. And it means that, we co-create with a client and help them bring out their best instead of telling them what to do. Yes, exactly. Yeah, I, I, I personally love that. I, it's what drew me to coaching um, as opposed to therapy or, you know, some other kind of, of healing professional. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about labels because that is the topic of the day. And, um, it's a, it's a topic that really was fascinating to me. Um, I even gave a contest speech for Toastmasters on labels and how they help me back in life. And so that's why I was drawn to this topic. I, I think that so many times we have labels that can hold us back from anything. So if you can share with us some good examples of labels that can hold somebody back from love. Well, I, I think, you know, just one of the biggest labels could be I just don't deserve love mm-hmm. or I'm not deserving of this kind of love or um, or just, you know, that's like obviously one thing. And what we're talking about really with labels is these, these things, you know, I just like it, you know, I just see I'm very visual. So it's like, hello, my name is, you know, those, those stickers that you put on, but you have, hello, my name is I don't deserve love. And then you just you know, in a, in a way we're unconsciously putting out this, um, this point of view that, that, you know, and we constantly are creating that in our lives where we have these, these labels and then we, we, we end up creating it over and over again to, to, you know, validate that label that we have, but we don't even realize we're, we're doing it. Um, I think another one is just how we, we actually label love itself. You know, like an example of that was, um, I have a friend that, and he always uses his example is his one of his his uh, ex-wives thought that one rose meant you truly loved her, and a dozen roses meant you didn't. So, you know, we have these labels around what what love is to us and how people show us love that doesn't have anything to do with reality. It doesn't have to do with like action or what they're trying to express, but. It, you know, it has to fit into this certain area. Otherwise, it, it, if it doesn't match our label, then we, we completely, um, you know, reject it and, and don't even allow it to come into our world. Mm. Yeah, so the, the, on another side of this is uh, somebody's out of my league, like, some, like yes, people that's who a great dated label. me, right? Um, mm-hmm. And I've, I've heard this before I was just talking to a client this morning who said she can't stand when a guy says, you know, you're you're too good for me or, um, you know, I'm intimidated by you, right? So mm-hmm. it's, it's something, so you're saying this is a construct of your 
own thoughts, this isn't the truth. Yeah, I, I, I think this is like this is where we don't really acknowledge ourselves and what's actually true for us. We just put this like label on ourselves and that's the only thing we we think is real when it has nothing to do with reality. It's like, okay, this person's out of my league. Well, what is that based on? Because how they look? Because like, and, and, you know, especially with labels, what we, we tend to do is we, we use this image or this picture of it that has nothing to do with, you know, who we are actually or what's going on underneath. It's just like this, you know, it's the image that, that we, we like to put to the world or the image that we see ourselves in the world as. Um, but it, it it's not actually the whole picture or and it's not like the total picture either. You know, so it's like you're out of my league. Well, based on what, you know, if the man had like in this reality, if the man has like if the woman's really pretty, but the man has lots of money, then it's okay. You know, because because what he lacks in looks, he makes up for with cash. Oh yeah, you can buy your you can buy love for sure. <laughs> yeah, so it's it's just very interesting. Um, when we when you actually look at these these concepts and everything that we go into, and it's and the other thing is it's always interesting because you know if the like I've learned this, if the woman's talking to you, you know there is some interest there. So it's like saying things like oh you're out of my like you're you're rejecting them when they're obviously interested. But we do this oftentimes where and this is really what we do with labels is so often we have these labels and someone gives us a compliment or something and it doesn't actually match what we have as a label and we reject it and we reject them. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, so you know, we're basically so if pushing people away. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And, and so I think this is, you know, this is one of the, the, the challenging things about relationships and love too is, is we don't really have one. We, we, we're never really, like the, the introspection that it takes to, to kind of, and the self-awareness it takes to kind of sometimes take a moment and be like, wait, what did I do this? Like, what did I choose this for? Like, this is someone I'm interested in and they're actually being interested in me. And I go to, Oh, you're, you're too good for me. Like what, <laughs> you know, we, we, we reject that, that, that as having that, but they're actually present with us. They're, you know, they're interested or they're on a date with you and you're, they're going to, oh, you're like, you're already dismissing it, preparing for the rejection. Yeah, Yeah, it's crazy. I know I've often thought that when somebody has said something like that to me, and it's like, I'm here, aren't I? Like, I am taking my time and my energy, and I'm with you. Mm -hmm. So, but then now that they've said that, you're, you know, you're out of my league, or I'm intimidated. Now I'm, I want to go home. (laughs) I just want to go home. Yeah. <laughs> so so we label ourselves based on past experiences and we have these limiting ways of seeing ourselves but it's not the whole picture you say and mm-hmm. um so how do we begin to see the whole picture how do we stop labeling well one of the things that I would look at is you know like we have this label like okay you're out of my league right or I'm not deserving of this person and everything but we have all this context for it. You know what I mean? If you're like, I always like to have people look at the areas that they are confident in, um, you know, or, or they, they actually see themselves as capable 
Uh, and I'm like, okay, so you see yourself as capable in this. And everyone has something, some area in their life where they know something about where they, where they're comfortable, where they're competent. And if, and, uh, and if you have these areas where you're competent, then you can, and you have confidence, well, then what is it that you don't have, like, what is it that makes you think you, you can't have confidence and competency and, you know, in all areas of your life? Um, it's, you know, we have, and, and so you can kind of start to look at um, picking apart the labels by seeing, okay, well, I have this idea that I'm not good enough in this area, but in this area, I know I'm good enough. So, uh, but we, we try to generalize these labels to all areas of our lives when it's not actually true. Um, uh-huh. And so, so if you can start to identify where you actually have a kind of a conflicting label that I found that kind of starts to break it apart. Um, the other thing is just actually looking at, okay, like the actions and the choices. Like if you notice yourself saying, oh, I'm not good enough to her, like to, to someone or to him or you're out of my league. Well, what is like, oh, my gosh, like what is what are you actually saying with that? You know, what labels do you actually have of yourself that, that are making that, that are creating that for you? Because um, oftentimes we don't even realize we have this. We just say these things and then we – like it's often interesting because I like to work with clients and they say things to me and we're like, what did you just say? Did you hear what you just said? And they're like, they can't even repeat back to me what they just said. Yeah. So, so it's oftentimes we don't actually listen to the things we're saying out loud or the things we're saying to ourselves. And so if you actually start listening to yourself and the things you're saying, um, you can start catching yourselves when you start exposing these, the labels you have. And then you can start, choosing something different to correct it. Um, so if they want to replace the label with something else, so can you give us an example of, of like a bait and switch kind of thing? Well, I think with, with the access tools, it's, it's not like a lot of what we, all of access consciousness is really based in being a question. And it's, you know, the idea of, like, you can create whatever you desire. So I would look at, okay, so if you're going on a date or you're looking for love, what is it that you really desire to create with the person? Because oftentimes, you know, with these labels in the way, we look at, like, we already have what's going to get created. You know, we've already played out this this scenario in our head of, oh, we're going to go out, and at some point she's going to realize she's not good enough for me, or like, I'm not good enough for her or something. You know, and then we start creating that. But it's like, what if you could actually ask? Um, and so all this stuff is around asking questions of, you know, so what is it that you would like to create? You know, it's like, what would it take for this to, to this date to, to go better than I expected? Or what would it take for this person to be interested in me? Or what would it take for, for me to, to um, like, I'm just looking at what I would like to like. I would look at, okay, so what would I like to create with this person or what am I interested in creating with this person and how would I actually like that to go on? Because so oftentimes we focus on the rejection that's coming mm-hmm. rather than actually what would we like to create, you know? If you'd like to create a relationship with a person, well, then find out what it actually, what, what is your idea of relationship? How does that actually work? And what is their idea of relationship and how does that actually work? So oftentimes we don't even really, like we have these, these labels and these ideas of how relationships should be. Um, 
and then we get into relationship or we don't get into relationship with people, but there's, there's oftentimes no clarity in any of it. Yeah. So how, you know, so as we have these great questions about defining relationship, about what you would like to create. Yeah. Um, and that's all great if you are, if your label is, I will be rejected. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not lovable, all those kinds of things. But in, in my demographic and the people who come to me generally have a different, a different label, which mm-hmm. is there are no good men. Um, there are no good men. Right. There are no good men. Um, most men in my age want to date much younger women. There's a lot of mm-hmm. beliefs about that. <clears throat> so if they're coming in thinking, not I hope he likes me and I hope that he picks me and I'm not worthy, it's more I am worthy and I can't find them. So what would so, you suggest so, uh, yes, to do? So, so I think the great tool is oftentimes we look at, especially um, this is – uh, it tends to be with more females, but men do this too, obviously. Uh, but but the, in, in dating, most of the time, the men need to choose the woman or they need to approach the woman and be the kind of aggressive one, you know, and be chosen. Like the women would like to be chosen. They would like the man to approach them and say, hey, would you like to go on a date? Or, you know, even once you're on the date, like taking, like the man gets the lead. Um, and we have this this idea of uh, being the choosing choosing one rather than the chosen one. Right. So, so what if it if it was like, and that doesn't mean, you know, we could, so it's like with these women that are saying, well, there's no good men, or all the good men will go to younger people and all these things. Well, if you were being the choosing one in this scenario, what would you choose? Because, mm-hmm. uh, and and I really like that because there's there's. Oftentimes we have this idea of we really want something because we think we can't have it, mm-hmm. which has nothing to do with what we actually want either. Um, so, so you can like one of I would look at okay. So if I was really looking at, at choosing what works for me, what kind of man would I would I like to choose? Right, and, but so they're going in with that and they're saying, but yeah. all the men I keep meeting are. They're lazy. They're boring. They're they're they need therapy. Okay. They, um, yeah. So so and, and this then is, what? So, yeah. So what would it take to actually have a man show up that that was interested in you and was interesting to you? You know, because you know, it's like if we're talking about labels, if you keep saying there there are no good men, right? Then all you're seeing is all the no good men. Your focus everything you're saying is about how there's no good men and you start reinforcing that label and proving that to yourself. Um, so, and what is this idea of a good man? Like, do they actually have an idea of what they would like in a man or do they, oftentimes we have this laundry list of what I do not like. We're very clear on that, but we don't actually have the, the opposite list of, okay, what is it that I'm really looking for? Yeah. Um, and, and that's and and also, there's other there's other time where people have what they're looking for, but they don't have what they're not looking for. And I think you know when you're looking for a relationship, one of the tools we we that I give people is okay, make a list of everything you would like, and make a list of everything you wouldn't like. And then as you start going on dates, and you know you notice someone showing up that's different, or 
or that is more of the same, I, I talk to them each time. I'm like, okay, so was there anything different? Did you know, like, where did you find out more things that you would like or that you wouldn't like? Mm-hmm. And usually um, after a couple of times of that, people start getting really clear on, okay, there's, there's certain things that I, I didn't realize um, that were important. I know for myself, I was just realizing like in the press release we did for this, I talked about how I, I gave myself the label that I wasn't creative. Like, I didn't think I was creative because I couldn't paint, I couldn't draw, I couldn't sing or dance. Or, those were creative things, uh-huh. and I couldn't do those, so obviously I wasn't creative. Um, and what started changing for me with Access is I started realizing, oh, wait, like, people would say I'm so creative, and I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, no, like, I don't sing, I don't dance. Like, because I had labeled singing, dancing equals creative, like, what I'm doing, not creative. Uh-huh. Um but I was creating a business. I was creating promotion stuff for the business. I was like creating connections with people. I was, um, you know, all of these, I was, I'm very creative with words and, and like word plays and stuff like that. All of that is, is actual creativity. What I was looking from this, this point of view of that. But I also realized recently, I was like, Oh, like going on a date and, and, and just the people I like to be around, you know, whether it's the, the, um, is I, I, I like creative people. I like people that are like, that have that creative energy that, that are able to keep up. If you're just like, if you, if you don't have a sense of fun and play and like creativity, I'm, 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 it's not interesting to me, but I never actually acknowledge that or ask for it. So, you know, when I get to people and I'm like, Oh, this should work. Like this date should be fun. They, they look great, but I'm like, what's missing here? Well, I didn't realize that, you know, how important, like, the creative aspect and that creativity was and like having a sense of curiosity and wonder was to me. Mm. Um, yeah, that's a great reframe of creativity mm-hmm. or an expansion. Um, you're speaking to a very creative person. So I, I identified as creative my whole life because I was an artist and I was a singer and I was a dancer and I did all the, all the creative arts yes. kinds of things. Um, and people say to me, so are you still doing your art? And I say, no, now that I've been a coach for the last 11, 12 years, I have a different form of creativity. And it has to do with course creation, giving speeches, um, using words. It's more like what you're talking about. But I, I look at that as just another form of creativity. So I totally, totally hear you yeah. on that. And and I, I totally see that it is creative now, but like, you know, I didn't see it as before, um, mm-hmm. which is, you know, that's, and that's one of the things we talk about uh, with, with like dating and everything is, you know, if you're interested in a person, but they, they don't really see it themselves, you can't give it to them. Um, you can't make them bypass their label or get around their label. Um, you can yeah. only kind of just poke at it a little bit, but you can't really get them to change it as, it, 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 it's for them to, to change when they would like to change it, if they would. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people just believe this is it. This is the way it is. And, you know, I was born this way. I can't yes. help it. <laughs> That's a big trigger for me when people say, yes. it, it just has to be this way. And well, because, like you, I believe that we have the power to shift our beliefs and our thoughts and our lives. Yeah, and it's like, you know, going back to the example of, well, there aren't any good men. Well, that belief then, you know, that, that, that thing, you just start reinforcing that and constantly creating that. And you're, 
you only see that in the world because that's your, your belief. You know, yeah. so what I would start to do with people that have that belief is I would be like, okay, well, do you actually see – so with that belief, then there's no men you're actually interested in dating out there in the world. That's what, what they're saying with that because there's no man that's good enough for you. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so, somebody posted so, in my Facebook group recently, and um, just for everybody to know, I forgot to mention that I have a Facebook group, uh, a free group called Your Last First Date, and I invite everybody who's listening who's a woman over 40 to join for a positive, wonderful group. Um, but one of my monitors posted that she used to look for the negatives, like she just spent mm-hmm. her whole time looking for what was wrong until she realized that she was sabotaging the whole dating process. And the last mm-hmm. man that she's been dating and now has been with for two years, I think, and they're probably going to end up married, They, she said, I, I realized I wasn't finding anything wrong with him, but that I had been always looking. you know. And I think we, we do that, like you said before. We look for the bad. We look for how somebody's going to trip up, um, how they're going to reinforce the label that we have given. Yeah. And I mean, as you know, I've been on both sides of this too, where I'm like looking for someone to trip up or I'm, I notice someone's looking for me to trip up and it's, it's not a comfortable feeling when you're like trying to be present with someone and they just have this constant sense of, okay, they're, they're searching for a reason or something to reject you, which isn't, you know, that's not being present. That's not having a sense of connection with them. It's just, you're like, uh, I, look, I'm like being cross-examined right now. Uh, yeah. I, I, um, so I, and I think that's, you know, so the other thing, the other tool is you could actually start looking at, okay, what you're, um, within dating and everything is, okay, so what are you grateful about this person? What are you grateful for with this person? Mm-hmm. Um, and because when you go to gratitude, there is no judgment. Um, yeah. And so you can, and you can be grateful for anything. You can just be grateful that the person's, uh, you know, not a nice person. Well, I'm grateful for that because you showed that to me, and that makes it really clear that I don't, I'm not interested in you. Or mm-hmm. you can be grateful that they're really creative for their creativity because it inspires you. Or you could, um, so you tend to start actually looking at more of, of what's available. And, you know, these positive aspects that we tend to, to dismiss or we don't acknowledge. Yeah, very good. I like that. And I, and I think that often we will find out things about a person early on where sometimes it's some pretty bad things, you know, with the way a person behaves on a first date or a first phone call. And mm-hmm. I look at that with gratitude also, like, thank you for not having me find that out six months from now. Like, I'm so yep. glad I did not waste <laughs> energy on that person. Um, but it also gives you clarity each time you go on a date and you really look at what worked, what didn't work for you. But also mm-hmm. to look at yourself, like, how am I self-sabotaging? And most of the clients that I work with, we, we look at these patterns first. You know, how have you... What are the patterns that didn't work before, and how have you sometimes maybe pushed away the right person because you were looking for something that wasn't good for you? So we we sometimes subconsciously believe, like if we're not worthy or, you know, we're turned off by emotionally healthy people because we're so used to dysfunction from our family of origin. You know, there's a lot of patterns that we 
that we bring to the table. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I I think I I I mean you know this like the this is not like a you know a topic that that can be summed up quickly or easily. The mm-hmm. the um and it's very it's always interesting because what I what I found with working with clients and in my own life is. It's never really, you know, with everything that's showing up for you and and with relationships and dating, it's never really uh, like for the for I would say almost seventy five percent, eighty percent. It's never about that other person a lot of the times. What's what's not like? There's so much of it that is actually a way of showing you and giving you more clarity around what's going on in your kind of internal world and how you see the world. Um. And showing you these kind of patterns as you were talking about, because um, yeah. when you're actually aware of it and stuff, and you have things that are working, like it's a non-issue in the first place. It's not mm-hmm. anything they're doing. Yeah, and you can do something about that. You can't do something mm-hmm. about, you know, a lot of the other aspects of dating, but mm-hmm. you can definitely do something about your own self-discovery. So, Andrew. Yeah. As we come to an end, um, what advice would you give people who want to go on their last first date? Some last final words of wisdom. Oh wow! Sum it up quickly. I <laughs> I would just I think the the best advice is to actually uh, to really to like use each date. You know, if you're looking to go on your last first date, well, what you know, what would it be like if this was your last first date? What would you be looking for? What would you not be looking for and really get clear on the things you would like to have and the things you would not like to have. Cause so often we don't have any, we don't truly have the clarity mm-hmm. and, and it might be a little bit difficult, but I think it's, it's in the end, it's way worth the reward just in the sense of self-discovery, but also, you know, you actually start becoming clear on who and what you would like to have in your life. Yeah. Good advice. So, Andrew, um, if you can let our audience know how they can find out more about you, that would be great. Yes, uh, you can You can visit my website, and that has links to all my social media and stuff like that. It's andrewgardella.com, so and my last name is G-R-D-E-L-L-A. Got it, and I'll put that in the show notes as well so people can connect to you and learn more. So thank awesome. you so much for uh, for coming on the show today, for sharing some really thoughtful questions that people can ask themselves to gain more clarity and to really bust some of those labels that we have been holding on to for a long time. Great. Thank you so much for having me. It was fun. Yeah, thank you. And thanks, everybody, for listening. Don't forget about my Facebook group, Your Last First Date. Just uh, hop on Facebook and go into groups and you'll find us. And we would love to have you. And uh, if you love our show, please, please, please share it. And rate and review us wherever you listen to podcasts, whether it's iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Speaker, wherever. We are everywhere. So thank you so much for joining us today, and I hope you go on your last first date very soon.